too loud. Better? Can you hear me? Yeah? Why don't we greet each other? We haven't seen each other all week. Okay, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll get started. Girls are having coffee? That's okay. Thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you, Father, for having the freedom of being able to get together and unite with my brethren in the same spirit and knowing who we are in you. And I just thank you, Father, that we can come together and praise you and exalt your name. I thank you, Father, for that freedom, Father, and I just... I want to intercede, Father, for those that can't and for those that don't have that freedom, Father, that, that you open up that way, Father, and that they stand firm in who you are, Father. And I just praise you, Lord. I also thank you for everyone that is here today that took the courage of coming to church. <laughs> and I also, Father, lift up Nanette's family. We know that they are, their bodies are inconvenienced, but right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against any spirit of disease, illness that is attacking them. I come against it in the name of Jesus Christ, and I speak life over their bodies from head to toe right now in Jesus' name. And I also thank you, Father, that you watch and you keep over our pastors that are out of town and that they come full of you and ready to impart the words that they have received. In Jesus' name, I give you this day, I give you this message. In your name, amen. Okay. You all know that I like to talk, <laughs> so be prepared for a long thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, for real, I have like seven pages. <laughs> I'm not kidding, it's the truth. Um, yeah, well, my mom says that when I was little, when I was two years old, I could speak sentences by the time I was two years old, so that's always been me. I can talk clear sentences by the time I was two. Sometimes I would look at Annie and I was like, dang, she can talk. And my mom's like, you are worse. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, so this is the second time that I've been asked to speak on a Sunday and I am honored to share the word. Um, the first time that I shared, there was only three families and now praise God. We are now into the glory of God. We are growing into a mighty nation and I praise God for that. The message for, for today is going to be long, like I said, so if you plan to sleep, just get some coffee or hit the door. Um, the, the Lord gave me this, and I believe that every message that somebody speaks, is, it works in them too, um, and so it is for me, it, it is for me as well. And the word he, he gave was, are you about the Father's business? And sometimes we feel that in our lives we have areas that we haven't um, cleared up or became holy in those areas to serve God. And so it, it kind of messes with us and not jumping out and, and doing God's will or working in, in, his, in his plans and in his ministry. So, so I want to tell you that yourself just being changed by God is witnessing and preaching. It's also something that um, it is also something that God uses to preach and minister to other people. Um, 
there is a growth coming, I believe. And God has been speaking about that growth. I know Melissa's, Melissa's spoken about it. Miguel has spoken about it. Um, I know Ron, is it Ronnie or Ron, Big Ron? Um, and, and I believe that because of that growth, um, it's a season right now where God wants us to examine ourselves so that we can partake of that growth. In Luke 2.49, because we don't have the, the things up there, just bear with me so I can get to all the scriptures because I didn't write them down. I just quoted them on my paper. So it's Luke 2.49. That's where I'm going to start off. Give me one second, please. Here we're talking about growth, so I don't want to get all on the rabbit trail and lose our, our, our thought. 249 says, and he said to them, why do you seek me? This is Jesus talking. Do you not know that I am about my father's business? He was a, a young child, and he's all up in the father's business. If you are new to Christ, start here. It's okay. If you want to to say that I'm that you're growing, that's good. You can. Everybody's growing. <coughs> His word says you are complete in him, Colossians 10, 2, 10. So you may think you're small or a babe, but you are truly not lacking nothing. Your spirit is lined up with him. It's our soul that needs maturing. Jesus, too, had to grow. In Luke 2, 52, It says that Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. He grew in all these things and these areas. We all know he was tempted of the devil. He put up with a lot of religious people, a lot of ignorant people as well. Sometimes I think that we get lost as Christians. I mean, I, I'm going to speak on that for a minute because sometimes I got to a place where I was expecting somebody to understand the scripture the way that I was understanding it, but their capacity to understand that, it just, it was going over their head because there was a soulish issue there and it was a barrier to where I was speaking or I was trying to teach it or I was trying to bring it forth, but that person was like, in La La Land. And sometimes we lose that patience and we lose that tolerance to teach them. And then we say, you know what? You're just whatever. You don't want to get it? Fine. Whatever. But that wasn't Christ. Christ even told his disciples, you, you faithless bunch. But he didn't get rid of them. He didn't send them off the cliff and say, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm going to get a new pair of disciples. He continued to teach and he continued to disciple. Why? Because that was the love of Christ. And we need to be those people, too. When I was, it was about midway into me serving God, I kept asking him, like, what is it that I'm here for? What is it that you want me to do? How is it that I'm going to grow? And he gave me Ezekiel 3.3. 3. And mind you, like I said, this was like three 
three and a half years into already being in the Word, and I'm talking, I was there religiously. My husband, my husband, my kids know, I was there every Wednesday at 7 o'clock at church. I was, if the pastors were having something fellowship, I was there. I was in the women's ministry. I was trying to go whichever which way that I could. But even still, when I was growing, there was something lacking. And what was lacking is that I didn't know what my position was. I didn't know who really I was until the Lord said this. He said in Ezekiel 3.3, he said, And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Immediately when I read that, I understood that he was talking about his word. I needed to eat up and devour his word. And no matter how much I looked at the word and thought, that's intimidating. How am I going to understand all that concept? When I started reading and when I started nurturing myself with the word of God, it was edifying to me, and I started to love that. I started to understand who he was. You grow in every area if you know him. Hang out with people that can teach you. Read scripture. Make make a disciplined life to make sure that you're reading the word. And that's how we start to grow in wisdom. That's how we start to grow in the knowledge of who he is. Not only reading, but seeking him as well. He will give you the increase. It's God that gives us the increase. Okay, so here I'm going to speak to all. Because the, the, first, the first part of this, and I hope I'm not going everywhere, but the first part about this is when you start coming into the word and when you start learning, right? But like I said, I was in it for three years, and I still really didn't know, even though I was going towards it, I still really didn't know. So now I'm going to talk a little bit to us that have been in it now for longer periods of time. And it's not in, in no way a derogatory thing. Um, Some of us as leaders in ministry or in our secular jobs or in our homes, um, we forget that that's where we also have to grow and grow Christ-like. Because sometimes, even at work, I have found myself to look at people that aren't Christian and be like, you're so ignorant. And then I'm like, wait, 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 that's not Christ. I can't do that. I saw, I saw um, this meme on Facebook, and it said, and it, brought, it, it like really brought my attention. It said, leadership is not lordship, it is servanthood. There is only one lordship, and that's Jesus Christ. That's it. What the definition of servanthood means is a person who is in some way serving the needs of others. That's servanthood. That's what we were called to. That's what Jesus came to give the example for. He came to serve. His word also says that the first will be last and the last will be first. And he also said the greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. So we cannot sit in a place of authority within the church or within our minds and think that we're done serving or that we don't have any more to give because there's plenty to give. There's plenty to teach. Why do I say this? Because growth is always identifying who you really are. And it's visible in yourself and in others. I was listening this week to Melissa's message because I, had, I hadn't listened to it. And I, and I started listening to it and I was like, oh, this is con- confirmation of what you want me to speak to the church. 
because while I was listening to it, you said we are all members of one body and not to be boastful. And I thought it's true. We all need each other, you said. And that is true. Sometimes we might think we don't need of another brethren. We don't need of Sister Karen ramming down my throat that I need to get up and do something. Um, just tell me not to do it, please. Okay. Okay. Jesus showed us how to reproduce. I'm not losing anybody, right? When Melissa, when you said we need each other and we are are all one body it was just like it was coming together for me because his whole ministry was on reproducing who he was into others he needed to reproduce himself into others and in luke 9 1 through 6 It says, then he called his 12. He started with 12. Think about that. He started with 12, knowing that one of them was going to fall. Okay, but he started with 12. <clears throat> and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to curse disease. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God, to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs, nor bags, nor bread, nor money. Do not have two tunics, two pieces, two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you, when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the town, preaching the gospel and healing everyone. So even that one disciple that decided to leave we need to shake it off because that shaking is a testimony to them it's not a testimony of who we are if somebody if you're preaching to somebody and you're trying to reproduce christ in them and they just do not want to listen they do not want to hear you shake it off and one day you're going to be a testimony to them in heaven in in the sense of one day jesus is going to confront them and say remember that one that's a testimony to you that you didn't want to hear my word. So just leaving that said, he said he started with 12. And then in Luke 10, 1, <clears throat> talking about reproducing again, he says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. He went from 12 to 70. He's reproducing those 12 into 70. Okay, and then he says, he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. The harvest is ready, right? And then he said, okay, so there were 70, there were 70, and he sent them out two by two. Why? I believe they are each other's keepers. That's what I believe. Scripture also tells us in Ecclesiastes 4.10, if a friend falls, then the other friend can lift him up. 
There's a reason why Jesus did that. There have been times where I've needed brethren to lift me up because I couldn't do it on myself. Even though I knew the word, I needed that extra help. The harvest is ready and people need the gospel, the ministry, slash the body needs the laborers. But you are willing to take their positions. That's why, pr- that's why we need to pray for laborers. It's important. That's always been my prayer. My prayer has always been since we started this. I said, Lord, add. And I've mentioned it to people before. I said, add people that know your word. People that can also edify me. People that can help us grow in the foundation that we already have. And my prayers are being answered. I praise God for Miriam and Jeff's family. They're the first that I've prayed for that have been added to the church that know the word of God. And to me, that's just, it's good because God hears. <clears throat> Some Christians don't believe you need fellowship or in general, in general need of anyone else. And that's okay if they have attained it all, but the chances of that is zero to one. I wanted to read something really quick. And it's in Romans 8, 7 through 10. And it's a little long, but this is in referencing to those that feel we don't need. We don't need. We don't need. And they can do it all by themselves. Okay? And I'm not saying that it's you. I'm just I'm putting it out there for whoever listens to it maybe needs the word. So I want to read out of. Romans 8, 7 through 10. Because the carnal mind is enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But, if you, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If you need the spirit of, if you indeed, I'm sorry, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So here, it's talking about a couple of things. The thing that brought that was brought up to my attention is, yes, my mind is always going to be at war with God. It's always going to be at war with God because my mind needs to be renewed to the word of God daily. Every single day it has to be renewed to the word of God. Now, it's amazing how things that are illogical can seem logical. Our carnal mind will not grow if we're not renewing it. How do we renew that? We need ministers we need the fivefold ministry in the church to do its operation because the fivefold ministry prophet the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher they were sent to build up the saints to bring them up to bring them up so that we can experience the full working experience and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why Jesus gave us the fivefold ministry. It's the Holy Spirit that gave it. And I'm going to repeat that again because I got a little lost. I was looking for my notes. So the fivefold ministry is for maturing the saints to a full working experience and knowledge of Jesus. 
That's the point of the fivefold ministry. So if you're operating in these gifts, now I don't like to just contain, oh, I only move in this type of gift because that's not true. If the Holy Spirit abides in me, then that means he can move me in any gift, whatever he wants. Because it's not mine and it's not up to me to, to decide, oh, I'm only going to operate in the word of knowledge. And I'm only going to operate in, no, it's the Holy Spirit when he wants and how he wants to deal with the other person using the gifts to bless people. So if I am in one of these, it is my responsibility to make sure that my brethren, that if I see, hey, you know what, yeah, you understand that, but we got to tweak it a little because it doesn't make sense here. And I got to boost you up and push you up so that you can experience and walk in the experience of the knowledge of Jesus. These gifts are to be in full performance, maturing the body. They have to. This is my this is my thought on it. I've done a lot of stu- uh, I've done a lot of reading. I've done a lot of research on this stuff, and it's the truth. We need to be that friend or that brethren that will stand with you within the body. Now, our body, God designed our body. This is doing the Father's business. I'm not getting off track, and I hope that you guys get this. This is doing the Father's business. My body was designed in a way where if there's a bacteria that comes in, the whole body starts working against it. Glands start swelling up. Your blood cells start identifying it. Even tissue starts working hard at it, trying to get rid of it. So if we are the body of Christ and we see that one of them is lacking, instead of throwing them off the cliff, hey, hey, come here. Let's fix this. Let's sit down and fix this so that we can bring you down to wherever it is. If you're not in reality, we can bring you down and teach you, invest in you so that we can grow you up. That's what I believe. Now, an OG in the word, and you guys all know what an OG is, okay? I'm a gangster. Can be on fire, yeah, and doing and doing the father's business. But a brand new baby in Christian, a, a brand new baby on fire, can do more for the kingdom than an old school, than an OG, because they can only see that brand new love that they just found in Christ, and they don't care, and they're walking and moving. But then what happens? Like Brother Kalani said, then here comes a wet blanket trying to blow them off instead of hey he's on fire let's go let's go together there are some christians that have been in the word that need restoration i was one of them and i will speak on that when god feels like it's like it's time but i was one of them i will only speak a little bit about what i went through i i had to seek out fellowship I had to seek out fellowship because sermons weren't enough for me. And I'm not saying this is for everybody because the Holy Spirit should be leading you and guiding you. But my soul was in the way. And my carnal mind was in the way. My immaturity as a Christian was in the way. So I had to find help. And I was blessed to come around a bunch of warriors that said no. What you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're hearing are lies. This is the truth. Remember, come back. They kind of like put the, the, what do you call it? The, the, and just reeled me back in. And every day, sometimes I would go through these issues where I had to call. And then they would remind me, no, you got to come back. 
come back. This is the truth. This is who you are. Because I needed that at that moment in my life. And I was a Christian. I needed it. I needed restoration. I needed to be reminded of who I was in Christ. I needed those people to say, I will stand with you. I will walk with you. Even if you're walking in a, in a land or in a fantasy world that isn't true, but I'm going to help you open your eyes so that you can see the truth. And they were about the father's business because the father doesn't want any of the organs in his body to be contaminated. He wants them clean. He wants them working in full performance. When you go to a car dealership, you get an oil, you get, you want to get the right oil, right? So that the motor works fine. Well, you're not going to get a bad oil and put it in there, right? No. So what, if you can do maintenance on your car, we got to do maintenance in the church, right? Because Jesus is about maintenance. But he's about, he has the ministry of restoration. That's why he came. He came to restore his people to himself. Like I said, I needed that. We even see it in the Old Testament. When Moses couldn't hold his hands up, what happened? What happened? It was Joshua and it was Aaron lifting his hands up. Because the minute his hands would come down, then the enemy would prevail against Israel. We need that. I need that. If I ever come down again, I expect my, the body that I live in, the body that I fellowship to come and say, hey, wake up. This is not who you are. This is who you are. You are a son of the living God. You are a daughter of the Almighty. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No sickness and disease will overcome your body. Nothing will take your marriage. And I'm going to stand with you. And I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to be there with you when you need me. When your kids are off doing stuff that they, don't, that they shouldn't be doing, I'm going to intercede with you. And if I have to fast with you, if I have to pray with you, if I have to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and come to your house because you're having an anxiety attack, I'm going to be there to help you. Why? Because I was there. I was there. And I had those people. And I praise God that I had them. Because if I didn't, I don't know where I would be today. Honestly, I could have lost my mind. And if it wasn't for that body of Christ that took it upon themselves to come and nurture me again, and to remind me of who I was. And that the living God was living and dwelling inside of me. Are we about the Father's business? Are we truly? I promise, I promise before all of you, that if it's in my power, if I have to stand with you, when the enemy comes and beats on your house, that I remind you that you are set on the rock. I will be that person for you. Because we have to reproduce. I have to reproduce what was given to me by grace, and I have to give it back. No fallen comrade is left behind. And that's true in our military services, and that should be true in our body. No comrade left behind. No matter what situation it is, none of them left behind. And here in Luke 6, 46,
this is the reason, this is the whole reason for reproducing disciples. I believe in my heart because I needed to know where my foundation was. And it says, but why do you call me Lord and do not do the, the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and, and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the floods arose, the streams beat <coughs> heavily against the house or violently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat violently and immediately it fell and it ruined the house and the ruin was great. When those things happen, when those storms come, it says it beat on it violently so the snot might be taken out of you. You might get a black eye. You might get two black eyes, but the point is it's not going to fall. It will stand, and we shouldn't be shaken. And that's why it's important for us to be about the Father's business and showing, investing in our youth, investing in ourselves, investing in our children, investing in family to start laying those firm foundations. Because the word says, the word doesn't say the enemy won't come. Financial crises won't come. Issues won't arise. The point is that we're so firm on that rock that no matter what happens, it can't shake us down. Not Katrina, not Maria, not Irma, whatever other tornadoes. They haven't done one in Karina, I think, because that one would have probably blasted the earth. <laughs> whatever. But anyways, so back to that. Let's be about the Father's business. And I think I feel in my heart, and I've been called to, to disciple and to teach, and that's my goal is to do that. So if anybody feels like you want to fellowship with me and you have things, questions, and if I don't know them, we'll find somebody that knows them, we'll pray about it, and to help us grow. And if you feel like you're weary in the faith, then our job is to make sure that we lift you up to where you can swim again, to where you can walk again. So that's my message for today. I thank you guys for listening. I hope I didn't take too long. Okay, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that, that you show yourself approved, Father, that you say that whatever the enemy plans for evil, you turn it for good, Father. And I thank you, Father, that my testimony is going to help others the way that everybody else's testimony will also edify your church. I thank you, Father that your word doesn't come back void. I thank you, Father, for who you are. I thank you that you're seated in throne and nothing will shake you. And because nothing shakes you, nothing shakes us because we are seated with you in throne, God. I just thank you and I praise you, Father. Please, Father God, I also ask you to watch over us as we go home in this week. I also ask, Father, that you that you put an in, in a, just like a a need to search for you, a need to seek you. Something that wouldn't let us sleep until we've had that communion with you. Make us uncomfortable, Father, in any situation that we haven't seeked you first. In Jesus' name, amen.